Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Today is our special guest day, where we will hear from a friend of the ministry who will share their insight and stories on truth in this chaotic world. And now your host, Richard Case. Well, good morning, everybody. This is uh, Guest Thursday, and we have some very special guests from uh, Cincinnati area, Ohio. Uh, Shad and Jennifer Carnes, uh, uh, Kathy, they actually are part of a small group here in Colorado. Um, oh, and they'll uh, you know, they'll uh, share with that. So that small group, very interesting. Yeah, uh, several years ago, came to an abiding retreat, learned what it means to walk with God and abide, and. Uh, and then they, their whole group picked it up, and they've been, you know, uh, given some great assignments to consider actually uh, uh, the remnant issues uh, for the end times. And they were mm. being told that before they even knew what it meant, you know. And so it's kind of been fun That's to see cool. that develop. So they meet, they meet quite a bit. And how often do you guys come out to Colorado? We're out probably every couple months, yep. at least, uh, sometimes yeah. more. Um, but then we have a standing call on Tuesdays uh, that we do every week, you know, yep. via Zoom. Yep. So. Did you guys live in Colorado previously? How did you connect to that? No, my best friend Heath, uh, who went through the abiding uh, yes. first, he and Rebecca, uh, yeah. we all went to college together. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So we uh, went to school at the same time they did. So we were there when they first started dating. Oh, that's so fun. Shad's actually responsible. I'm somewhat responsible for that. I like to take credit for that. Good job. I told him. You were the matchmaker. You should go ask Rebecca out. So he did. (laughs) He needed needed a little bit of prompting. (laughs) He needed some guidance. Yeah, Yeah, he just needed some focus. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Well, that's great. Well, no problem dating. It was the focus. Tell us. Tell us where where exactly do you guys uh, live right now? So we're south of Cincinnati, Ohio, about 20 minutes. We live in a city called Florence, Kentucky, that uh, is right on I-75 going southbound toward Lexington. And uh, it's kind of known for this big water tower by the mall that says Florence Y'all. So that's our claim to fame, Florence (laughs) Y'all. So were you, uh, you were a little bit disappointed that they didn't quite get to the Super Bowl this year? We we're, were not talking about that. We Rich. were more than a little. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. We won't. We Sore won't. spot. <laughs> we won't, we won't. We're, you know, there's next year. Yeah. My, my husband's a diehard Eagles fan. I'm a Pats fan, uh, but my husband's uh, diehard Eagles. So he was more than a little disappointed yeah, also we with how things too. turned out. We did turn into Philly fans for the last game. Yeah. That was, that was a shame. Yeah. <laughs> Well, um, we'd love to hear your story. First of all, uh, share with the audience uh, individually, how did you each come to know uh, Christ? And when, when did that happen and how did that happen in your life? And you can, you know, Jennifer, let's go ahead and start with you. Uh, tell us about your coming to know Christ and what, what, what uh, occurred then. Okay. Um, well, I was raised in a Christian home, um, although the church we went to was not necessarily dysfunctional. Yeah, it was it's actually listed as a cult now um Mm. it was worldwide church of god and i was born into it um 
but my parents were very, very strong in their faith and um, just set a really good example for me as what it looks to live that out as far as like the way they treated people. And I mean, I remember because we were, you know, we did not have money, but I know of several times where my dad would like buy groceries for a family that needed them Mm -hmm. or something Mm -hmm. like that, you know? Um, So then I kind of walked away from that when I was a teenager, Um, kind of your typical rebellious stage. Sure. And then I ended up going to the college um, that the church supported, whatever. Um, and by that point, I I had decided I needed to get away from the people that I was hanging out with. I needed to change the direction I was going because um, I knew I knew that I wanted to follow Christ and I knew that's what I wanted to do. So um, went down there and it was just really good to be, it was a small college surrounded by a bunch of people that um, believed in God and walked that out. So I was baptized when I was 20. Um, and what college was that? Where was that? It was called Ambassador College. It's a, it was a tiny little college in Big Sandy. They had a campus in Pasadena as well, okay. um, but it's no longer hmm. there. <laughs> Great. So you uh, you were in college and came to know Christ there, and um, did you get pretty active at that point in any kind of a church at all? Or, well, it was it was a church college, so by default we you attended church and all that. Um, okay. Then it kind of the whole church kind of splintered and came apart, and for me that was a very good thing because there were several things about it that I already had issues with. Yeah. Um, just, it was a very legalistic system. Yeah. There was no grace about it whatsoever. Um, but thankfully like, you know, some pastors that had been in the church that I had a personal relationship were grace filled. So I Mm -hmm. saw what that looked like. Um, so when we left that and we started going to like, just like a non-denominational Christian church, it, for me, it was just like, just amazing breath of like, okay, this is what it can look like. Like I can read the Bible and think, okay, this is what that verse says to me and feel it and not be told, no, no, it actually (laughs) means it. So, yeah, that was... That's neat that you had that uh, already, that spiritual sensitivity. That was good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Chad, how about you? Uh, how did uh, how did you come to know Christ? I had a lot less sensitivity. <laughs> um, yeah, we grew up in the same church, but not in the same congregation. So I was Worldwide Church of God as well. Um, went down to Ambassador College as well. Um when the church the church changed so what happened was leadership changed herbert armstrong the founder he passed before he passed he gave leadership to somebody else uh, joseph decotch at the time and that's when changes started to happen in worldwide and amidst those changes it just it just blew up people you know people that were uh that wanted to keep what we had got upset. People that liked the changes mm-hmm. obviously want to go with the changes. 
Um, and for me, you know, one of the one of the same sad things that happened for me was I never stopped believing in God. So I grew up in a, you know, I grew up in worldwide and just I, the idea of God was, you know, I liked that. I mean, I liked the idea of God. I liked, you know, the fact that, um, you know, Jesus was the son. He, he gave himself for us. But when grace entered the picture and stopped being legalistic, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I don't have to go to church. <laughs> So I, you know, I got I got lazy on some things, and really that's hmm. um, that I don't have an excuse other than that. It wasn't that I stopped believing or I was mad at anybody or you know or God. I just I got lazy, and I'm like, well, if I don't have to do these things, I'm just gonna you know I'm gonna stay home and do the yard on Sundays, or I'm gonna work more. Or, mm-hmm. You know that was the thing. And um, but fortunate for me, Jennifer um, found you know uh, uh, a church, started attending on. Sundays, this non-denominational church, and uh, we were having kids, and the kids are growing up, and, you know, I was just from the outside, like, saying, hey, I want my kids to believe in God. It doesn't Mm -hmm. make sense for me to not be with Jennifer in church on Sundays, and that's kind of where it got started again for me. It's just Mm -hmm. like, I just feel like I need to to be there with her and set a tone in our home that, you know, this is, this is something that we believe Mm -hmm. in and it's something we hope that you will believe in too. Yeah. And so, you know, for me, just getting back into it. And and I think, you know, it was a little hard. I'm a guy that likes programs and likes punch lists. Um, You know, so going from legalism into uh, a grace filled evangelical uh, arena was completely different. Mm. Um, But I started to see uh, just God in just different ways. And, you know, the you talk about abundance and John 10, 10, and the abundant life. And like, it's not rules because God's like this rule keeper. It's, it's these instructions and guidance because he wants to give you life. Right. And I just <laughs> right. felt like if I, if I was following God and following these instructions, man, life was better in every way. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. So how did you, uh, so you uh, were believers. How did you then meet? And what attracted you to each other? And then how did what? How long did it take before you got married? <clears throat> well, okay. So, like he said, we grew up in the same church, but different congregation. But we, I grew up just north of Dayton, Ohio, which was like an hour and a half from where Shad is from. And the youth group would have like because you were only you know supposed to. We were very close. <laughs> You're only supposed to hang out yeah. with people that were in the church. But the youth crew, it was really great program, but we had like basketball weekends and volleyball weekends and stuff like that. So we met, I think we were like 16. Yeah. I was actually oh, wow. with his older brother first. Um, and then, and then met him and we had one date. Yeah. But it was like, I had a boyfriend and he had a girlfriend. It was like his pastor had said, ask somebody from a different church area to dinner for this thing. So he asked me and we had a really good time, but (laughs) then that was it. It was like, you know, then we went our separate ways and um, then we got to college. And because of that rebellious period I told you about before, we're we're in the same grade and graduated the same year, but he was down at college a year before I was. Mm. Um, So when I got down there, we like we didn't really know each other, but no. 
But dating was highly encouraged at Ambassador. They liked you to date. They call it dating widely. So, you know, every weekend you'd take a church date to church or you'd take a date out on Friday night or Saturday night. So it was really encouraged. So, you know, when Jennifer showed up on campus, I was like, well, I'm going to ask Jennifer <laughs> as one of my dates. And yeah. it kind of went from there. Yeah. Even though he did cancel. <laughs> <laughs> so the real story I asked She's you out, you out asked you out but uh, no can, I, you can tell later, later later <laughs> but no it was kind of funny because he he had canceled once I think or, just once and just then once. he had asked me out again <laughs> and I'm like if he cancels this time that's it that's it buddy yeah so oddly enough we there was this other guy that I had this huge crush on and he asked me out. This part's okay. Where I canceled, it's not okay, but this part's right, okay. So. Right. <laughs> well, it leads to it leads to the good part. So his parents were in town visiting. Freak snowstorm. Yeah, so all the college kids that had gone to hang out at the hotel with his parents get stuck. So I'm oh, there wow. with another date. Shad is there with another date. Um, his parents get a room for the girls, a room for the guys, put everyone up for the night. And then the next morning, people are like hanging out and leaving. And Shad was like, That was supposed to be our date. Yeah, that, that Saturday. So if I hadn't gone, he would have had to cancel again. Because, <laughs> because I would have been stuck because of snow. Yeah. But he was like, Hey, we were supposed to have a date today. Do you just want to like hang out? And, and, I had had the worst time the night before, like the guy I had the huge crush on, we had nothing in common, like literally nothing to talk about. And I'm sure that went in my favor. It did, so. it did, <laughs> because we just, I mean, we just clicked. Yeah. It was like, hmm. so, and then, so that was. And then you were what, you were a freshman then? And you were- I was a freshman. You were a sophomore. I was a sophomore and she was a freshman at the time. Okay. Yeah, yeah. she's a couple months older than me, but. Yeah. You know, so you guys started dating, and then how long before you uh, we got engaged and married? So that was winter of my freshman year. We got engaged April of my sophomore year and got married August that summer. Wow. So, yeah. So, yeah, we just had our 30-year anniversary this past August. Oh, we have our 30-year uh, February 27th. Oh, nice. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you guys are yeah. bikers. Linda and I are 53, so. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah, you'll get there. Uh, so you, uh, so then you were married while you are in college. Yeah, my senior year. We got married before my senior year. And I had planned to finish um, in December as well. So Jennifer did not go back as a student after we got married. Which was a mistake. Yeah, that was a bit of a mistake. So we recognize that it's kind of too late. But um, I we went back as married students, and that was hard too, honestly, because there was a, you know, for us, a, just this huge disconnect from having been on campus, mm. you know, with our peers all those years, and then now we're off campus, um, and you know, we're not um, connecting with our peers as much, and now we're married, and you know, very few of our None of our friends were married. Just some of right. our peers were married. So the dating widely, yeah. the dating widely was encouraged, but not the marrying early per se. <laughs> well, no, you were supposed to wait till you had there. There were married students, and there was actually married housing, mm -hmm. but it was full. So we had to find our own apartment. So it was like okay, 
you know, they're... And most of the married students were older than us, too. Yeah. Okay. yeah they were yeah. older. Yeah. We were... 21. Yeah. We were young. We were young. Yeah. So you get married, graduate, and then what? where did you, tell us about your careers. What, what did you go from there and what did you wind up doing? Um, so I wanted to get my MBA and I thought at the time I wanted to go into finance, maybe mutual funds or something. That's what I was thinking at the time. Uh, applied to a few different schools. I was, you know, my goal was to get into the best school I could and hope, and hope you know, in the hopes that that would get me a, a better look when it was time to start looking for jobs. Sure. Um, I got accepted to the University of Kentucky. Uh, I got turned down by Indiana. And then we were kind of set. We had gone down to Lexington and found an apartment. We're kind of set on Kentucky. And then the University of Pittsburgh accepted me last minute, right at the mm -hmm. end of summer of that year. Uh, so I ended up redirecting and we went to Pittsburgh and I got my MBA there one you know two reasons one is that was it was just ranked higher and then they had an 11th month program that yeah. was really you know strenuous but I could get it done faster and I, mm. I hate oh, it never yeah. liked school. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Jennifer was pretty disappointed she was she had a hard time liked it then um but I changed gears yeah. you know and that was before we were biting too. So it was yeah. more of a push on my sure. part to just, hey, I know I want to do this, let's do this. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so I got my MBA and all with, you know, the idea that I didn't want to work for my dad who had his own business. Um, my mom and dad have their own business and I have been working for them ever since. So <laughs> mm. I came out of MBA program uh, struggled to find something and just started working for my parents, just, you know, obviously to put money uh, in, into our accounts and pay the bills and stuff like that. Uh, but, you know, the, the longer it took me to find something else, the more entrenched I got with mom and dad. And I was just able to kind of build a, a new position for myself, helping mm -hmm. them run things. Um, the business started growing a little bit too. So it was able to support us. Um, and what is the business? It's called SPIFF, S-P-I-F-F -F, mm -hmm. Services. It's very unique. It's um, it's um, something my dad fell into uh, years and years ago. But our customers are big truck manufacturers. So like mm -hmm. Peterbilt, Kenworth, and Freightliner. So whenever they put new trucks on display, they call us to move them and clean them. Mm, so okay. we do trade shows, we do customer events, we do product launches, anytime that they're going to display new trucks, industry shows, you know, we, we generally get a phone call and get asked to go get it, take it to the event, clean it, and then mm. take it back. So, Interesting. Yeah, very unique. And dad fell into that, you know, about 43, 44 years ago, he had a job uh, driving a mixer truck got laid off and then the pastor at the time said hey you know there were several guys in the church that were laid off said hey if anybody wants to learn to detail cars I can teach you how to detail cars you can pick up some extra money mm -hmm. and uh, dad was one of the people who said yes he started doing that um, he went to work for uh, local car dealerships first some of the rental car companies like Hertz and then he moved over and uh, started doing trucks for like Peterbilt Cincinnati and Mac of Cincinnati and one year Peterbilt asked him to go down to Louisville at the, the world's biggest trade show at the time for uh, mm -hmm. world's biggest trucking show 
And when he was down there cleaning the two pier belts for the Cincinnati dealership, people just started asking for help. <laughs> they saw him on the floor like, hey, we need some help with our truck. Can you detail ours too? Right. It just snowballed from there. It wasn't like this. It's amazing how those niche things can oh, yeah. become true. I mean, you don't even think about them becoming a business and then oh, what yeah. God does with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So you've been um, uh, active the whole time. Are you, you're really not uh, right now full-time, are you? Or are you actual full-time? I'm full-time, but okay. I have a lot of flexibility. So, you know, the company, you know, we do obviously in-person events. Um, got killed during covid mm, so during covid i mean i think rich you saw me a lot more during covid yep <laughs> because I, we just ended up having no <laughs> little work to do um but then i have a lot of flexibility as well as you know my parents let me manage the business now mm-hmm. and that gives me um you know a lot of say on how i manage my time so if i'm not you know if i'm as long as I'm answering the phone and emails and, you know, getting out the work that needs to be done, I can be, I can be hanging out with Heath too, or the guys in Colorado, or, you know, we can do a weekend at Rich's, that kind of thing. So. Yep. And then we've been blessed too, that uh, Jennifer really, she worked for, she's worked for us for a lot um, over the years, but then we, you know, for the most part, she's been able to stay home too with the kids and, you know, we were able to get by with just one income. Yep. That's great. Yeah, that's beautiful. And what do you guys have for kids, if you don't mind me asking? Or who do you have for children? We have two sons and a daughter. They are 24, 25, and 26. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah. So you were busy with little ones for a while. I was. Yeah. <laughs> I was pregnant for three years straight, I think. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. great, though. So you've... Uh, uh, been active in uh, business and been active with uh, uh, obviously Heath and involved with the group. How long, how long have you been involved with the Colorado uh, group that Heath gathered together and you guys kind of formed this small group as couples? How long, yeah. how long has that been going on? So originally it wasn't, um, it wasn't like it is now where we're, you know, we're definitely more community than, um, than ever since we started the abiding back in 2020. But um, the first time we got together, the guys, was in 2015. We went on a, um, there's a ministry out of Dallas called Global Advance, and they would do business as mission trips and take, you know, business guys from the U.S. to different places around the world and hold conferences. And um, we all went to Nicaragua together, and he Mm. put that together. So he just, he asked, you know, I'm like three guys out of Colorado and me. <laughs> Heath and I have been best friends ever since our freshman year of college. And um, so the five of us went down to Nicaragua and uh, and then off and on we've done uh, Dominican Republic. We did Rwanda a couple of times or a few times actually. And, um, and then in 2020, it just, it went to a whole new level. We did the abiding weekend together with Rich and it just went to a whole new level because now, okay, now we want to, you know, okay, what's God saying to you? And you have this question <laughs> and do you want to process it with me? And, you know, it's, it's really been fun. Yeah. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. So they came, uh, their whole group came to a retreat um, and learned it and they were already, you know, formed up and had, you know, had a heart for it and they just really received it and then started to 
live it out and give it away and, and uh, tremendous stuff going on and including, uh, you know, some cool assignments that maybe we'll get into the, on the second week of this. But tell, tell us a little bit, each of you, um, what does abiding look like to you and how do you process with God and what has that looked like and meant to you uh, just in terms of you as a, as a uh, follower of Christ? Sure. Um, for me, it was just, I don't, it was pretty amazing to have another tool to I hear from God in a way I never had before. Yeah. Um, that's good. And like I said, I, you know, I, I would read the Bible and I would felt like I understand it, but to be given the, you know, that teaching, um, and I had never journaled before in that way. Um, and just to sit down with, with thoughts or questions in your mind and, and to go through verses and feel like you're being guided and spoken to specifically on what you're asking or what you're struggling with. Um, it's just been amazing. And it, it so has deepened my relationship because it's made it so much more personal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like with, with the group um, that we have, we can ask someone say, you know, this is what I'm hearing. What are you hearing about this? Or, or some, and, and to get feedback like that and support and to have even like a couple weeks ago, we, we sent out a prayer request and like, they actually were like, thank you for asking us to pray for you on this. And just to have that kind of support and connection. I mean, you just can't, you can't value that enough. No. No, that's beautiful. It's uh, it's always fun to hear God lead and guide you, and that's that's been a fun thing to watch. Um, and uh, Shad, how about you? How has that been? How have you have you been receiving that and processing that? For me, it's it just made the the intimacy uh, just just far far greater. I used to, you know I probably at least two or three times try to do a like read the bible on a year plan yeah. and never made it more than you know maybe a month or two months um, <laughs> once you hit leviticus then <laughs> yeah like it's, you forget it i'm out <laughs> you know so you know it, it it's talked about how god's word is a living word and mm-hmm. i had never experienced that mm-hmm. in a way that i have with abiding where okay now yeah it's coming alive like i'm i have these questions and i have these things that i'm dealing with and you know the word's coming alive because god's walking me through stuff and you know there are times when i get i want to speed it up you know (laughs) that's my personality i want to speed it up yeah come on get to the punchline what you got (laughs) yeah get to the punchline i got things you know i got things i'm worried about here um but god's like he's really just taught me to slow it down uh, and he's still teaching me i'm not you know i got work there in that area sure. but he's still you know slow it down be patient and enjoy the relationship you know i i want to i want to spend time with you and i've learned like man i i really i really want to get to that time in the morning now or mm-hmm. in the evening if i take the time in the evening too and it's just been a lot uh more special in that regard to have mm-hmm. that you know deeper relationship to feel yeah yeah that's such that's a great. uh such a beautiful description of uh, simplicity, really. It uh, uh, is, you know, it's hard to keep helping people understand it, but you described it well as you just go to this intimate 
place and God actually talks to you <laughs> about your stuff about and things, your that, concerns, things yeah. that he wants to walk you into. And you said something that's important for all of us to understand is that his word is alive because he's alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's relationship and intimacy. And, and like you said, it's, it's really fun. So we'll uh, pick this up uh, next time. We want to have you talk about uh, how you guys process decisions. Uh, I know Shad has had interesting Kathy and you have Kathy's uh, someone that also has this quite a bit is uh, he had a uh, interesting experiences with dreams mm. that God uses to communicate to him yes and I, it was oh, fun I because it that. was fun that when he was starting it was it was like how do I do what do I do with this you know and uh, <laughs> uh, it's merely been neat because he's got a high sensitivity uh, to that and God uses it you know so we'll talk mm. we, I'd like to talk a little bit about That's that great. so Thanks so much for sharing, you guys, uh, of just your story. And it's such a beautiful thing that God, you know, brought you together and then said, hey, I want you to have intimacy with me. God's speaking to you. And you said, yes. And you're enjoying it. And we can see it. You're enjoying that intimacy. You know, and what a, what a thrill and honor. So thank you so much for sharing. And we'll uh, come back next week. We want to pick up uh, their story about how they make decisions and and go deeper into this uh, small group that they're part of and how they're processing that. So it'll be fun. So Kathy, we'll we'll see that. Yeah. 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 Sounds good. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. And be sure to tune in next week and hear the rest of their story. And if you have any questions, send them in to questions at afjministry.com. We'll see you soon. All righty. All right. See you soon. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See, your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments and tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. Remember, God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos.